welcome to episode 8 of the Godfather Podcast. In today's episode, we take a step back to just explore some of the perspectives of the filter, particularly to dig through the few stories in the Bible that we've all heard before, but now we can re-examine it in a new way with the filter. We also discuss why we use the word gods and clarify the difference between gods and idols. The Godfather Podcast is brought to you by the Sanctuary of Philadelphia in Philadelphia, Mississippi. You can find us online at thegodfilter.com, at facebook.com forward slash thegodfilter, or you can email us directly at admin at thegodfilter.com. Welcome to the Godfilter Podcast. Praise the Lord, my brothers and sisters. I am eternally grateful that you have hit the play button uh, to check out uh, this week's episode. and I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a little different, but before I get into that, let me go through my disclaimer. If you are listening to the podcast and this is the first one you've listened to, I need you to cut it off. And I need you to go to episode one and check that out first. It's about an hour, 50 minutes, a little long, but you're going to be lost. Um, you're not going to, I don't know about lost, but you're not going to really understand the fullness of everything we're talking about if you don't go listen to episode one. So I don't want you to waste your time. I want you to gain knowledge and understanding of what we're talking about. So cut it off. Go listen to episode one. With that said, my brothers, I am in front of you again. You're in front of me. And I am glad for it. Brother Robert, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great today. Happy to be here. Good deal. Brother Scott, how you doing, my man? Doing good. Good. Well, today is going to be a little bit different. I don't know how long this will take, but there is one specific thing that we want to cover. And then we're, we're going to, I think we're going to title it when it posts tonight, uh, Story Time. And... It's just a conversation. That's all it is. We don't have any outline. Sometimes we'll come in outline and bullet points and all of that. And um, we don't really have anything thing like that now. It's just a conversation of stories in the Bible that shows you what the filter is about, what that story is about from an area or from a perspective, rather, that perhaps you've not seen before of really what is going on in the Scripture in the historical times, the geographical times, and in the spirit world when it comes to that particular story in Scripture. And we'll hit the high points, the ones you've all heard about, perhaps Noah's Ark, David and Goliath, and then we'll talk about some things that perhaps you haven't heard. And we're just going to tell a collection of stories and just have a good time here for a little bit to open your, open your mind up to, to the Scripture open, help you to see it and read it in, in a much different light. And it's just original. What we call amongst us three in conversation is just original filter work to where we're just looking at the words of the Bible, what's going on and being able to see not just what is going on from a victorious nature, but where the battle is, like who's being fought to give some point-to-point direction yeah. in a way, and of it's fun. I just, how to look at the look at the stories of the Bible through this renewed perspective? It's my favorite thing to do. Yeah. Original uh, us three, whether we're in the same room or on our group text, 
to sit and just do original filter work is is by far my favorite thing to do. It is exhilarating. What so does now, it actually mean? What is yeah. the actual what does it trace purpose back of this? To? Yeah. No doubt. It, it is exciting. What is this so we'll story just, serving? We'll just give you some stories. But before we start off, let, let's let's do some let's do a little housekeeping to to help the people that that maybe need some help. Some people may not need help in this area, but I think it's worth I think it's part of our due diligence to cover this. We're not getting a whole lot of negative feedback in any of this, which that in itself is kind of astounding. Kind of weird. You can find negative feedback in anything. Um, and I think the reason we're not seeing a lot of negative feedback is because there's so much truth involved in it. Truth that can be proven from an historical point of view, a biblical point of view, geographical point, the whole, the whole thing. And it's not just intriguing and interesting. All of a sudden it's become like, Man, this this might you know this is wow, wow. Just, maybe people don't even really know how to describe it. Just wow, and I think probably the one thing that we deal with the most in questions, perhaps some are really just questions. Some of them constructive criticism. Some of it's negative. You always got the negative Nellies running around out there. Is the use of the word gods. Now, that really seems to be a hurdle. And out of all the things that we looked at and started saying in these microphones and when I'm in the pulpit and the people on the street, out of all the things that the hurdles I thought we would have to cross, honestly, in the beginning, I really didn't think the use of the word gods was going to be one of those hurdles. But it is a hurdle. Yeah, I would have never guessed it myself either. So if you're listening and you struggle, because I said it from the pulpit today, and I probably won't use the same terms here that I used in the pulpit today. But even in the church that you know you guys attend that I pastor, six months in, you use the word gods, there is still this little mm. gasp of air. It's like we struggle so hard with that word. So what feedback we're getting, both good, bad, positive, negative, whatever, and the negative's not a lot. It's really minuscule. But the questions, the head-scratching type questions, uh, really these people struggle with the use of the word gods. And I think we just ought to reassure the people listening of why that word is used. You got to take a step back first and remove the doctrine that you've lived in your whole life, the religious doctrine, the denominational doctrine, because a lot of that doesn't work into the spiritual warfare aspect of it. It's just, there's no, like coming from the Baptist background, Robert, do you remember any time in our background where we talked about gods or any type of no entity. absolutely not we we served uh god uh and and there that was it you know we don't want to when we say the word gods little g gods uh you know it, it i think it it feels funny it feels wrong like uh uh, well, well, we don't we don't need to make somebody equal to God, or you know, there's a whole host of emotions and thoughts that come with it when you say the word gods. Uh, and I think what we want to do today is 
it brings some some clarity, some biblical clarity to that, to where because uh, it's not going away, yeah. it's not leaving out of your Bible. Uh, so we want, Bible. we want you to be able to read it, see it, and 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 make sense of it. But where you guys? Because I didn't come where you guys come from. I come from the other end, which has its own set of problems with all of this. You guys were taught that that Satan was real. Yes. Which is a spiritual yeah. being. But man, it's just I mean, it, I'm asking looking like, back on it, it doesn't feel well, that was way. It just, it's just a boogeyman. Was it just a term? It's just a term. That it's just was a boogeyman. Used. And yeah. it maybe perhaps I don't know. I'm just I'm asking the literal side because what we know I think across all the denominal lines, we we can agree that I think we all believe that a third of heaven fell. Yeah, a rebellion against God. Satan, I beheld. That's what Christ said. I beheld Satan fall from heaven, and a third of heaven fell. Perhaps millions upon millions upon millions of spiritual beings. We don't know the number of that, but it could be vastly substantial. And we've tied Satan to Baal. Beelzebub to Baal um, as the ringleader of the rebellion for lack of a better term and so there we do agree that there's spiritual beings that are dark absolutely so I guess I guess where I, I didn't see this particular line of thought coming was that if you do indeed believe in demons and devils Satan, where is the hang-up on the use of the word gods, which is, mind you, separated uh, grammatically in Scripture, little g gods, Mm -hmm. that makes them smaller, that makes them less powerful. They're not, they they have power. They're they still do have spirit, power. spiritual they have, beings. They have influence. They have particular areas. That's the whole word use of the word principalities. Particular the Prince of Persia, powers and principalities, different, different roaring, lion roaring lions going about to devour you. And so they're not Well, the Prince of Persia thing, when I was writing the blog post the other day, I thought there was something interesting in there is that right after that it's the Prince of Greece. And you, I started digging into that. It's like, and I thought you messed that up when you sent it to me. I was like, "What are you talking about, yeah, Greece?" I, right I was there. like, "You need to fix that. That's a typo, dude." We get confused. The people. That was where my mind went. And then when you corrected me, I went back and read it, and I was like, oh. "Oh man!" Yeah. So it's Prince of Greece, and then you start looking at the historic context of what Baal's name was, and Baal had all these different <laughs> sub names. Apollos, Zeus, yeah. all goes back to well, and, well, like Baal. Peor, Bill. Yeah, uh, I couldn't yeah. even. I couldn't think of anything offhand. But uh, so then it's like, so you have the Prince of Persia, you have the Prince of Greece, you have all these different balls, bales. It's like, so are these demons all centralized, connected to one God, and just different entities across all these cultures, or is this a different angel? with like a geographical context to it. And that's kind of where I ran with it. You mean like an organization? Yeah. Like Legion? Yeah, like Legion. Uh, Like uh, uh, an organization in the dark, like there is heaven when we we fleshed that out in the first one. Yep. 
there's organization in the light. Yeah, it's interesting. There's organization in, looking in, at in, that in the dark. Like so the word, the word God's has really been a stronghold for some people, hurdle. Here's what's interesting. Now, I use the King James Version of the Bible. I'm not getting in that debate. It's plenty of debated on which version of the Bible we should use. It's clear that some versions of the Bible take some scriptures out. Not a big fan of that, especially on that Acts chapter 8 thing we were talking about before we hit the right. record button about the eunuch confessing with his mouth that Jesus Christ was indeed the Son of God. I don't know why that would be taken out. I mean, I kind of know why. We yeah. we kind of know why. <laughs> but I don't know. I, and, you know, that's that's kind of a big deal to me, especially at baptism with where we stand on Jesus' well, name, I mean, baptism we're also, now, with, which is episode two. We're also way. digging back into the Hebrew a lot and finding a literal translation of Hebrew Bible back into English sure. now, too. So, you know, we're, sometimes we're going beyond King James Version. Sure. We're going back well, to the, the King original. Ja- Here, here's something interesting in the King James Version. I don't know if I shared this with, with you guys, but the King, I, 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 I use the King James Version. It is, I like the poetry of it. I like the beauty of it. Uh, I think it's solid. And I know there's plenty of people out there that argue this, that, or another. That's not what we're talking about today. That's what I use. And when when people start talking about these gods, they'll put a word in front of these gods to make the word gods more palatable. I've heard them preach it. Seen, um, and I, I don't know why. Later translations of the Bible uh, wouldn't do the same thing, which they did. They'll use the term, these false gods. False gods. And I kind of get what they're saying, but I kind of don't. Yeah. So here's what I found very interesting the other day. I did a whole in my in my app on my iPad of the King James Version. That the King James Version at no point uses the phrase false gods. Hmm. That phrase is not in the King James Version, false gods. And so I use the term gods. When I use it, you can speak for yourselves, men, as a literal term. I believe that they are gods. They are little G gods. They are not all knowing. They are not all ever present. They do not know our thoughts or hearts. If they knew all of those things, they would be God. They don't know, but they do have power. They are in high places. They are rulers of darkness. They are powers and principalities. They have real, they are real. They have real power. And so I don't use the term false gods because it makes, it puts that, if you use it in the wrong context, it Waters puts it them down. in a fairy tale. Yeah. That they don't exist. Well, and that's kind of how I grew up. That's kind of an issue with scripture, though. So the yeah. hurdle, yeah. it really is an issue with scripture. So the hurdle that we have to cross, that I didn't know we'd have to cross, is the word God's. And the only way to cross the hurdle is to go to scripture. And I think even before, as Scott said, you've got to tear down your preconceived training by the systems, which is episode five, the invasion of the temple. Before you can tear that down, you have to really see what in scripture to make you want to tear that down. 
And so if you, how you were raised in the system you came from has you choked up or bound by the use of gods, then you have to see scripture first and then tear it down. So, Which is why we say go back to episode one every time. Every time you have to go to episode one because yeah. you, 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 don't, you don't know. And so when, when, and let's start story time. We'd start story time from here. Well, while we're still on this subject. But we, yeah, okay. We can do both, but I get it. Well, I think something that a lot of churches do is that they use the word gods, but it's like the God of sports or the God of money or whatever, like not like a tangible or not a, not a spiritual deity, but some type of man-made construct that controls well, that's the humanity. Second, that's the second thing that we was going to talk about is because there's this this desire to take the word gods and make them synonymous in the same thing with idols. Yeah. And I kind of get it, except the Bible itself does not exactly break that claim. Or make make that claim. Yeah, it's two different things. It doesn't. So when when Moses is on the mountain, and we can start story time right there, the whole war. Right. The whole war of idolatry and the gods. Like, what influence? Let, let's just stop and talk about the spirit world for a second. Like, what influence has to come over a person that just walked through the Red Sea and watched water roll back? What influence has to come over that person spiritually for them to build a golden calf and worship it knowing that they shouldn't. Now, if that's not a whole spiritual war in the Bible, it's just not nutty people. Like there has to be, one of them was a priest. Like what what do we think those people were fighting from a spirit world point of view that would make them walk, leave Egypt under the hand of, after all he'd done with the plagues, and the death angel, and the Red Sea, and killing Pharaoh, and whom you see today, you will see no more, and then build a golden calf and worship it in the valley, while their leader, who facilitated all of that, is up in a high place getting instructions for God. Something. Oh, no, Adrian. Surely we're not doing that today, right? <laughs> That's, yeah, but... but Point taken, sir. I get it. That's my. That's kind of my line on Sunday mornings when I'm preaching. Yeah, I'm glad yeah. that's not going sure, on. Surely anymore. we're not. You know what was that? The but let's. God but let's. Making, I, I don't want to just run that to now as much as I want you to just try to stop and look at that setting in in the moment and say what type of spiritual attack from an unseen world must have come up on them for them to for them to do that. Yeah. Why? Why? How? Would they even know to to make a, a image, and, and then why do we, okay? How did we choose a bull? I, yeah. I mean, it just why? So so while that's going on up on the mountain, our God, the Lord of the host, takes his finger, not Moses. Now Moses has to chisel it out himself the second time. The, second time. the first time it was God Himself chiseled in stone. The Ten Commandments. The first thing from heaven, I mean, God wrote it himself. Big moment. Big moment. Imagine being Moses in that moment. And the first thing 
that the Lord of heaven, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, tells humanity is thou shalt have no other gods before me. So let me, let me say it like this, kind of the way I said it this morning as I, I touched on it and moved on as, as I preached. Again, y'all just relax. I'm not going to use the exact same terms, but I am going to use the exact same example. The word, use of the word gods is not our word. We didn't sit around and say, all right, boys, here's what we're going to do when we flesh this out. We're going to use the word gods, choke everybody up with it. Let's use a term that's new. God himself used the word gods. He did. And then it's used 215 times in Scripture, both Testaments, in context, in context of which we're saying it. It's not our word. But let me, let me, let me just say this to the people listening. Specifically, sorry, Robert, specifically it uses Elohim. The, with a capital with e. a lowercase e with a lowercase e. yeah because capital e no, is no, god that's, that's right the capital e is mm-hmm. god the elohim is lowercase that's right is lowercase lower is god so how all my life and i'm i'm 48 all my life uh read the bible and you know, you know countless times the the ten commandments uh but not until six months ago or so did it register to me how profound that really was. Commandment number one was. Uh, but then what's go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead I, finish that. I, I finish was just that. gonna say for you, anybody listening, think about think about that. Think about the times you if you've been churched all your life and never give any thought to to that, and now you're listening to this podcast, it is significant. It is. Thou shalt have no other gods. God Almighty said me. that. And what's the second one? Thou shalt have no idols. graven images. Graven images. And so what, we, what, I've seen, what we're seeing, what we are seeing is that we're seeing people take the word gods. And make it synonymous. And, and, and try to make it synonymous with the idols. It's two different so things. It's given in two different commandments, two different things. Let's, and then so what happens is they want to take gods tied to idols and then take the idols and because they don't have mouths to speak and hands to hear and listen they're dumb they yeah they're dumb they equate that to the gods which makes the gods not real the idols are lifeless the right. idols can't do anything yes the god I means I mean, the gods are fake right so, yeah that, exactly because the the idols are powerless the gods are powerless yeah, but that, they're two different things okay We'll explain the shape of the world then and explain the reasoning why people would do what they would do including the valley, uh, the, the bull calf, the golden calf in the valley, while God's writing this, explain that if there's no influence mm-hmm. from an unseen realm. But those two are separate in Scripture. They are not the same. So what it is, is idols are man being influenced in a seen world by a, by a, a force a dark force in an unseen world to make something that represents them. Now, it's it's a human translation of what the God desires to be. But it's influenced. It's influenced by, by, by the gods, by the gods. So 
Yes, that idol has zero power. But the influence, that, that, that graven image, that stone, that thing, it, it is, is an element yep. of, a, of a world that our God created. It has no power. But the influence of which that thing represents is not synonymous, the same thing as the gods. Yep. Well, think about like the construct of Moloch. Does the does the statue they created itself have any power? Does no. the does the hands that they would place the, the gold, infant into? Does the golden image that the three Hebrew children yeah. were supposed to bow down to in the music play? Does that thing have exactly. power? No. No, but the, the spirit that are leading people to put their hands in the burning hands of Moloch has power. Has power. And that's what influences the desire to create the shrine, to create the fire, to do the action to get to that point. So to take the numerous scriptures in the Bible that talks about how um, the idols, the, the wood, the stone, don't have hands, don't have ears, and that, and equate that to the gods in the unseen world that they uh, represent, as if the gods in the unseen world also have no power and no influence in those things. That's a big mistake in scripture yep. because those two things are separated. Oh, but, but just like in the blog post I wrote about the crosses, the cross, the cross itself that we I have a cross necklace on my chest. I have crosses in my house on the walls. Does that hold any power? Does that's, that hold genuine power in itself? No, that's the same thing. That's the same thing. Now, wait a minute. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Y'all, easy now. You just, <laughs> just don't turn it off. I'm not saying that. Things yeah. that represent Christ or crosses is idolatry. Yeah, I am exactly. saying it's the same principle. Same principle. That you have that on you as a rep ooh, yep. as Say a it. representation mm -hmm. of the one true God in an unseen world. Yep. That is the same thing. But I don't rely on this cross to have a connection to Jesus. They relied on those objects to pray to those objects as the as the physical manifestation manifestation of that entity through the entity's influence and they would pray upon it so that that entity would take possession of that idol so that they can be blessed and then the deeds were done the deeds of the gods and their influences were perpetrated on mankind. Because they felt that Moloch was there to bless their their whatever. They would when bring their children yeah. to the hands of Moloch. When Josiah stripped it all from the temple in 2 Kings 23. Go read 2 Kings 23. Good Lord. And stumped it all out and defiled the Topheth in the Valley of Hinnom. And, mm -hmm. and stumped it all to powder. He was doing that as service to the one true God in an unseen world, fighting the gods of an unseen world by destroying their representatives in the seen world. Yep. It was still a war in the heavens. It is a way to bridge the gap between the earth and the spiritual realm. Yes. For so the gods. To lump all that together. And see, God doesn't need a bridge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to lump all that together is a mistake in Scripture to do so. And there's where we're seeing some, again, not negativity questions. Some of the questions are generally inquisitive questions. Some of them are, you know, got a little attitude behind them. And I get it. That's cool. But the word gods 
is not our word. Nope. God wrote it himself with his own finger in this first commandment and told us in the second not now, to create any images in their likeness. Now, if the gods, oh, yeah, I just don't like the word gods. Okay, well, then use devils and demons and Satan then. That's cool. You want to dumb it down? At the end of the, yeah. But at the end of the day, you got to, you got to give them the recognition that they are indeed influences influencing humanity in an unseen world. Well, Satan is the at, god of this world. It literally says god. And, and at the end of, of the day, world. I'm gonna tell you what it comes down to is they don't just. At the end of the day, people just don't believe it at that depth. And I'm not being I'm not being uh, jagged with that. I'm not trying to be abrasive. They don't, because if they did, they wouldn't care if you use the word God, demons, devils, which I believe is demons and devils is the lowest rank right. yeah. of, of the darkness. And the gods sit at the top of that, the way one true God sits at the top of our rank with archangels and then messenger angels at the bottom. Um, which, by the way, Scott... Going to talk here for a second here. I have no proof of this, but if there's ranks of angels, you said you have no proof of this. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. This, this, this is, is me. I just want to make sure the people know that yeah. well, this is no proof. We have no proof, and this is a opining. Yeah. If there's if there's ranks of angels in heaven, and a third of heaven fell, would that mean that the more powerful angels that fell would not be some of the more powerful ones that were in heaven, or reverse that? Y'all know what I mean. No, I get it, but. What what would the mo- more powerful angels that fell do with that additional power they have? Would they just not manipulate humanity because they didn't think God was doing the right job that he was supposed to be doing, which is the reason they fell, because of pride? Do people think that they all retired? I think they want to believe that. Where, then why do we still have sin, Adrian? No, no, I'm just saying. I'm, I'm talking about people from the actual existence no, of all this in the form yeah. of God. Do people think that they just, they're kicked back somewhere in a retirement community and they're not at work? Like if they were doing the things that they did in Scripture, why are they not doing that now? And if the people in Scripture could understand this, why can't and see this from a spiritual, unseen world point of view? Why can't we now? I know a portion of people, uh, just from dealings with, you know, since we've started this, a portion of the people think that they are bound and they are helpless, that that God is um, stifled them, bound them to where they have no no influence. So the question would be to that, I'm glad you said that, because the question would be to that, if you look at all the... If you look at the three gods, again, if you first time in, you got to go listen to episode one of Baal, Ashtoreth, and Moloch. And you start back at the early recordings of man in Mesopotamia and read all of that, their influences, run that through the New Testament, with the Old Testament, then the New Testament, into now. If they are indeed bound, powerless, false gods, why are we indeed dealing with the exact same things now? as they did in Mesopotamia. And what is the influence? If they're all bound and they're not real, Mm -hmm. then where's the influence for the exact same things that were going on then? Why is it happening now? And I I, I don't say that smart aleck. I am open to somebody explaining that to me. Where Where does sin come from? Why? What defines sin? 
and why was those definitions created? It takes an influence yeah. to walk your child down a brick path and throw it into hot hands and kill it. Mm-hmm. It takes an influence to sexually assault people, children, infants. It takes an influence to get you hooked on all the things that people were hooked on in that day and time, in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, and now. That takes an influence. So if all of this is just trash, and the gods are false, fake, and real, okay, cool. Now, where's it coming from then? If it's not them, who is it? Baby, I am all ears. It takes an influence now for... Y'all side your phone. Come on now. No, We're supposed to be a professional organization here. I know. I'm trying. <laughs> it takes an told influence we, to... told you we wasn't ready. ...to uh, go and uh, be kind to someone or to uh, do the Lord's work. So uh, the, the influence that's in the in the world from the Holy Spirit uh, today, uh, there's also the, the influence from the dark gods today mm-hmm. as well. And it and just, it's, it's interesting how the law and what Jesus teaches us is the complete opposite of everything that humanity by default wants to, wants to do now. Isn't that interesting? It is the opposite of the exact dude. We're not, we're it's interesting that when we define the gods and their behaviors, how everything that we've defined there is, uh, antithetical to what our teachings of the Bible teach us. Isn't that just coincidence? I want to tell you what shocks me is, we do a lot of reading from ancient stuff, Egyptian, Mesopotamia, and it all matches. Every bit. In the Old Testament, in mm-hmm. deeds, in names. No, not exact names, but names that when you trace it back, the goddess of Baal. I had a, I, I sent you guys this picture the other day, Friday night. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was a picture of an image, an idol. Same exact image and idol, except one was an idol for from Mesopotamia, and the other one was an idol from Ecuador, 8,000 miles apart, two different continents, same exact image. How does that happen? So if we are wrong, and we've missed it, cool. But we've already attached the, the cool. God. No, I'm cool. Let me finish that thought. I'm cool. If we're wrong, cool. One, show me. Two, what are we fighting then? Yeah. If this ain't it, then what is it? Yeah. And who is it? And why is man producing the same things now as it did in Mesopotamia if the influences, if we're wrong about this? And so then I ask, what's the issue again with the use of the word gods, which are God used, and idols? And all of those things are still mentioned in, again, episode one, in the epistles and deeds. Let's go to some story time with that. Because I'll just start off with you. We'll transition slowly away from that line of thought. But I'll bridge story time with that line of thought in this. Ephesus, Diana's temple, Inanna, Ashtoreth, Ishtar. Same goddess, different name. Same deeds. So, if the gods are not being combated in the epistles, that is true. 
Paul writes to Timothy, who is pastoring the church at Ephesus. He says, Timothy, I want you to tell the ladies to quit braiding their hair. Now, he uses the word broided. Broided. Broided means braided. All right. I'm all ears. Somebody tell me why Paul would take the time to tell Timothy. Now, this is just one example in a tip of the iceberg. Tell the ladies to quit braiding their hair. What could possibly be wrong with the ladies in Ephesus braiding their hair? Come on, this one shook me the other day now. This is just original filter work because I text, I think I texted y'all and said, y'all check this scripture out here. And before I know it, Robert, sending screenshots and links. And guess what braiding of the hair was in Ephesus? Just give us a quick, quick snapshot of it. It was, uh, um, they did it in Diana's temple. Uh, and it was for um, uh, ritualistic uh you know, believed to help with fertility and uh, sexuality, sexuality, and goes on. you know, just. Uh, but, but you know, he's not telling telling uh, Timothy to hey instruct the ladies not to braid their hair just randomly. Uh, there was a very specific reason why he said, "Hey, tell them to stop that." So, what does that combat? I'd worship, worshiping the gods, the gods, the influence of the gods, and 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 doing what you do in uh, Diana's temple over in in, mm-hmm. in uh, come out from among them and, and be, be ye separate. separate. So when Paul writes, and then he, he fights at Corinth, and we we beat the prostitution ring to death, uh, which again, when he talks about fornication, if you look that up, don't be don't be fornicating. He's talking about the use of prostitutes and sexual immorality. Well, who is the goddess of prostitution? Ishtar. Who stood on the state of, on the steps and the and the porches of Ishtar's temple? Prostitutes, cross-dressing prostitutes, both men and women. The same thing happening at Corinth. When again, Paul tells the ladies, "Do not cut your hair." Why is Paul telling them not to cut their hair? What is that fighting? But then he goes a step further because he puts parameters on tongues. And I know we haven't talked about tongues a lot. We will talk about tongues a lot one day. We will get there. But he talks about tongues. All right, now, guys, listen. Here's what I want you to do. Speak in tongues, by all means. Speak in tongues. But I want you to have an interpreter for the tongues uh, when they go out. Because why is Paul telling them to do that? The reason Paul's telling them to do that is because tongues is directly related to the Holy Spirit which means they were dealing with things in the church that were mimicking and manipulating the Holy Spirit in by virtue of tongues. And so what happened is they're fighting an unholy spirit and Paul is putting parameters on it so the unholy spirit does not molest and manipulate the use of biblical Holy Spirit given. First of all, why does the Bible call it the Holy Spirit anyway? Why does the Bible... Why does the Bible even need to put an adjective on the front of God's spirit as holy? Probably because there's an unholy spirit. Well, we already know that's in operation with the prostitutes and the men dressing as women and women dressing as men. 
What's all that fighting? Who's all that fighting? Ashtoreth. How do we know that? Because they dealt with the same thing in every temple, even in her temple. Temples. People should really read the Old Testament writings. Right. How perverted they how how much they perverted the temples of the Lord with all the things in the Old Testament as what happened in First Corinthians. That is filter that is original that is original filter work. And isn't it amazing how every every place that um Christians were uh Ashtoreth some kind of way made it into she uh, influenced uh, the ladies uh, from the example just a minute ago, and, and then they they leave uh, her temple and go to the church and and do the same thing in 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 the church that they did at uh, her temple, mm, trying to bring the gods to the god. As we say, thank God we're not having to deal with all that now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> thank God none of that's going on anymore, right? I think it's interesting to note, and I preached this this morning, that the first commandment, thou shalt have no other gods before thee, before me. So Christ, God wraps himself in flesh and comes as Christ. They're trying to trip him up. They even treated him like he was one of the, they even thought God, listen, on the gods, the gods issue. They even thought Paul and Barnabas were the gods come down in human form. Which gods? Oh, yeah. By the way, Zeus is mentioned in your Bible. Yep. Uh, in Acts, what is it? 13? 13 or 14. 13 or 14. They they called him Jupiter. Yep. Jupiter then was the god Zeus. Zeus is in your Bible. My King James Bible says the word Zeus. Does it? Yes, it does. Mine, mine said Jupiter. Mine says Jupiter too. Either way, it's the same thing. Or just yep. quick Google search will confirm that. That is in your... And they they lived in such a world that they thought that Zeus had come down in human form. Well, Which had never been heard of, by the way. No. Well, they thought the same thing. The Pharisees and the elites thought Jesus was somewhat the same way. They even said he accused him of casting out devils. In the name of a devil. In the know? name of the devil. Yeah. That's what they thought. When they thought uh, they were uh, Zeus and Hermes, what what was the first thing they wanted to do? Well, lavish them with gifts. Wanted to worship them. Yeah, they wanted to. They gave them everything they had. Well, not everything, but a lot. And Paul come unwound. He's like, would you stop doing What are you doing? Because it was in their nature to do in that. In their nature. That's what they did. We probably could have put that in the money episode. That would have been pretty good. But we'll, we'll pass on that now. And so when Jesus comes along, they say, what is the greatest commandment? Always trying to trip him up. Because they idolized the law. Yeah. Was the first commandment of the law? Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all their soul, all thy strength, thy being. He just lays it out. Ladies and gentlemen, that is the same commandment. That's the same thing. Yep. Different terms? Sure. That is the exact same thing. Because if you do, in fact, love the one true God with all thy heart, all thy soul, all thy heart, all thy strength, all the, all your being. Then you will have no other gods before me. Then you before. will have no other gods before me. And to think that yeah. that verse was written to combat a hobby. Yeah. 
like the depth of God's mind, which we can't even understand. And his finger comes down to heaven and writes that so that you can feel bad about taking your bass boat out on them. <laughs> Come on. Don't think uh, they we have really, any, We're uh, really going to drag God down to that level of. Don't think he was talking about, you know, Sunday morning football practices or something. For real. Whenever they're worried about being tortured for their beliefs. That's to me, that's just that's just that original work. That's the same thing. That's incredible to me. That he said the same thing. Now, I, I don't want to get into the law and all of that and what I preached this morning. I just wanted to make those two references that that is the exact same thing. Jesus just does it. And and it was so true that the very last verse of that chapter that he said that in, in Matthew 5, I think, this is what the last verse of that chapter said. And no man said a word. <laughs> like nobody could even argue with him. That's how right he was. And he could have said anything. Yeah. He's Jesus. He could have said anything he wanted to say uh, and, and worded it however he wanted to. Uh, but... Uh, in the beginning was the word and the word was God word was with God. He said, love the Lord with all that heart, all that soul, all that strength, all that might, everything. Well, now that we look at sin as a connected to a, to a God, we can look at sin as worship to that God. And so that's Jesus telling us that you're not going to live this lifestyle. If you're living for me, it's really that easy. Somebody kick story time off. Like, give me what maybe be your fa- your favorite your favorite story in the scripture that brings the filter to light that it completely changed you when you saw it. You always knew the story or you knew the verse, but to see it in the light of what it fights. What, what is something? What is something that you, a go to that you often think about? What I often think about, and I thought about it all, you know, through my childhood. I, I loved the story of Jonah as a kid. I just liked the story. Um, but, you know, after we've started this, uh, to know that, um, you know, he, he says, no, no, I, I'm not going. I'm going the other way. So he hops on a boat to, to Tarshish and uh, the, the weather gets terribly bad. Uh, and so they throw him, throw him overboard. Uh, and, and it says God, God had prepared a fish for him. Uh, and so he didn't want to go to Nineveh, uh, and Nineveh, uh, was, uh, Nineveh was predominantly, uh, made of people that worshiped Ishtar. Uh, and so when all of which can be confirmed oh, oh, historically, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And furthermore, uh, the people there uh, prayed to her uh, because she was affiliated with fish, and uh, you know they were they, they fished. Uh, didn't know any of this as a child. I didn't know any of this six months ago. But God prepared a fish for for Jonah, uh, and and lo and behold, you know it was all that ties together. Uh, uh, he winds up at Nineveh, but. Uh, you know, that's that's filter for me uh, to to understand what Nineveh was. It wasn't just plucked out of thin air, and God just 
doing it in a strange way. Right. There's deep meaning behind it. And and as a kid, though, you know, I read it. I believed it. Uh, but, you know, it just it, it, it to me, I guess, uh, without sounding disrespectful and I certainly don't mean it that way, but I just thought, well, that's kind of random. God picked a fish. Uh, you know, uh, it's cool. Uh, but you know, just that that's the way my mind worked, but, uh, knowing what I know now is just, it solidifies the fact in my heart that there is not one word in God's holy, holy scriptures that is random or, uh, has no meaning, not one. And that's why whenever I read now, if, if it's a word that sticks out to me, I will chase it down. Yeah. Like you did scorpions. Scorpions. Like you, and we don't, the, the, you, know, the, like you can get into it if you want to. It's story time. It's your story. But what you discovered with the use of scorpions in the word and how much it's actually in the word, bro, that's incredible. It is. It is. The, oh, 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 death, where is thy sting? Uh, you know, I don't, I don't have, uh, you know, notes in front of me from all that research just on, on scorpions, but uh, I come across it reading in Revelations, and it and it uh, led me to several different books of the Bible and, and different references. And uh, and then we got dogs, and I'm yeah. not, I'm not yeah, going yeah. there. Dogs, what we found in dogs, it's, it's so cool. It that, is. So your Jonah was your kind of your moment where you was like, man. Yeah, it was just. I know there's more than one. Oh, absolutely. Just one that you really go to your mind. Yeah, and I think the one from Jonah was because as a child I just right. I, I clung to the to the story, uh, but then you know, it, forty years later to to realize there was so much What's more. Being fought. Uh, what and, is God fighting? Right, and to just understand that um, there's so much meaning to every everything that is written, not right. just right. not just fun stories. So. Scott, you got any a go to or? I mean, I know you have have a lot. Nothing. We all have a lot. Well, I don't know. I just spend a lot of time reading Paul these days. Yeah, and just the stories that he or the the letters that he wrote, and uh, I just love them. I just think they're great. Just with with yeah with the with, eyes yeah. With I mean, the, let's talk about. It. Let me say that the filter. We're not filtering the words of the Bible again. I think we need to say that we're not touching the words of the Bible. Absolutely. Filter is what we put on our eyes to look at it in a way that asks, what is this fighting with the information that we have? And you can't have the filter without the information of the gods. Say it one more time. You cannot have the filter without having the information of the gods. That's right. To see what our God is fighting, mm-hmm. trying to save humanity. To understand the gods is understand the influence. You know, one of my, if you don't have a particular, a specific story that you want to No, share, I mean like. Scott, you know, I want to make sure you have an opportunity to do so. No, just you know, one that comes to mind is Abraham with his son, going to sacrifice his son, and he doesn't have to. And it's like, why would he think that that's normal or acceptable? And it's like, oh, well, people are sacrificing their children to their gods or Moloch. Yeah, well, I looked into that. I don't know if Moloch was specifically worshipped at that time frame. Uh, there's no evidence, like historical evidence, to prove that Moloch was a he was indeed there. Human sacrifice was a thing. Human sacrifice is a thing. Well, then his influence was certainly there. Yeah, absolutely. It's just that I don't know what name right. he would have known at that point. But Well, like, that would have been after Mesopotamia. So we know in Mesopotamia he goes as mm-hmm. uh, yeah, um, Nergal, I think. Yeah, I think it's Nergal. Yeah, I think that's the first one. So, yeah, we do have a name. We don't have it in Scripture. Yeah. We have the name Well, that's what I'm saying. We don't have it in Scripture. But every name we found in Mesopotamia is found in Scripture yeah. at some point. Right. Which is the whole... That's... It all we you classic filter work. always just wrap it back around. 
and then baptism you know our kind of our our new perspective of baptism and how oh. that was uh i think that was one of the coolest things it's just that that realization that oh so god is really just taking back things Ter- from territory yeah he's just taking back things from these entities and you know maybe it was meaningless to god before and the, they started participating in that behavior he's like no i get out of here this is my territory this is my i created all of this i'm gonna make all this mine don't let, don't let me I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you all mine don't let me forget doves all right just don't let me forget that the before. dogs the dogs is cool the dogs was, uh, we'll do dogs and doves so just yeah, don't let me forget let me get this one out one, one of the coolest things um for me, one that's forever etched in my mind, outside of the baptisms and those things that really changed me, that really changed me, just so cool in the scripture, is um, when, when in the beginning when we was fleshing out Ashtoreth Ishtar, if you Google, if you was to pick up your phone right now and Google uh, Mesopotamia statues of Ashtor, Ishtar, uh, at some point... Um, not at some point in the images quickly on the first page, you're going to come up with an image to where it's a sandstone, like sandstone type image. Yep. She's standing there and uh, she's not completely naked, but her breasts are exposed as there's the pornography. There's the pornography link to Ashtoreth because everything she did. I mean, that's why all the stuff in Greece and all that, everybody had their, their, you know, genitals and all that exposed because there's a pornographic. We even get the name from her. Anyway, that, that, that was not it. Uh, she's standing there, and she's always, we know she's always, according to the, you know, the book, she was always depicted with lions. Well, that was cool for me because uh, the devil goes about like a roaring lion, and Christ come in as a lamb, but he's coming back as a lion. Oh, it just makes so much sense. And, you know, and, and if you look at that picture, and you can find it easily on Google, you'll notice she's got lions at her feet. And she's got, you can almost miss it, but you don't really look at the picture. Just because you're not you're focused on the wrong thing. To her left and right on the ground is two owls, and owls in this whole thing has fascinated me. Just a fascination, and we had the information stored in our head until a precious lady in our church, who was a, part of a handful of test subjects that before we went public with this, we gave it elders of the faith, right? Like older people, like people that had been in church for years, not. Not, not noobs. She texts me one day and asking about Lilith. Lilith has always been associated with owls. an owl. And we got a whole story about Honduras from that a conversation the lady brought to us in the church. I'm going to leave that there. Uh, owls. And she texts me, and I, I should have asked her if I could use her name, so I'm not going to. Uh, she knows who she is if she hears it. Isaiah 34. And when Isaiah, in Isaiah 34, he starts talking about the great owl and the screech owl. And how the owl will lay her or make her nest in the wilderness and raise her young. That was fascinating to me. I just sit back and I was like, who would have known what in the world Isaiah was talking about, about the great owl making her nest in the desert and raising her young. Then it gets better because I'm, you know, I've always struggled with the epistles. I've said that on the podcast. 
say it to the church. So the best way to not struggle with the epistles now that we have this is to read and study the epistles, which is where I stay. That's what I was. I took the epistles when we put out our everybody do a book of the Bible mm-hmm. and, and all that. Because I've always struggled with the epistles. I didn't know what the Bible was talking about. Again, episode one, if you want any qualification for that. And so I'm, so I'm just going to start teaching the epistles in order, in scripture, one chapter at a time every Sunday until I am done. Because I have, I can see now. I understand what they're talking about. So I start reading in Romans 1, getting ready to do my first lesson. Romans 1. And I read hmm, about the first 19 verses. And it just seems to be the same old the greeting, ho-hum, how do you do, who you doing, how you doing, neighbor, you know, this real feel-good thing. And I get, I get to verse 20. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because of that, they knew God. They glorified him not as God. Neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations. And their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Now listen to this. And changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beast. And when I read that, that was incredible to me. There you have in the statue of ancient Mesopotamia, the link between a four-footed beast, Mm -hmm. bulls, lions, all of those things that are four-footed beasts. And in that depiction of our, in Mesopotamia, there is both birds, and four-footed beast. And I think she's got the feet of owls <laughs> yes, in that very um, statue talons. you're talking about. But also, I mean, this goes back to us being told we have dominion over everything, over you know, fish of the sea, fish of the sea, fowl, fowl of the air. Jonah, fowl of the air. Yeah. Seems all pretty cool. We're not supposed to worship those things because we have dominion over them. That's the but we worship them the, because the gods gave us the influence. But that's why he said to do it. Because now we have a whole society that is worshiping the creature, mm-hmm. the creation over the creator. Yeah, well, it's, that's, it's, that's it. That's the filter. Worship for the earth goes back to Gaia. Gaia rolls back to Ishtar. Because it always does. Yeah. So, and there's some really cool things that I found along the way. Uh, as your mind turns, by all means, speak up. Um, you know, when when it comes to uh, Samuel, I may have said this in another episode, Samuel and the Amalekites kill all the women, children, men to Saul. Oh, yeah. That was the, what I the, thought of earlier. And all the livestock. Oh, what do you mean? Like birds and four-footed beasts? Yeah. Kill all of them? My God, just sounds mean. Sounds like you're killing children? Kill them all. So you dig into the Get history, and they're saying that they were shapeshifters. Yeah, or had the ability to possess animals. Uh, come on, we're losing our minds here. No. Yeah, except Legion asked to go into the swine, livestock, mm-hmm. animals. Then you got the whole Gideon story. Gideon stories. 
we've butchered that story. We left so much out of that. He's a mighty man. First of all, he was found hiding behind the wine press as a coward. And before that story gets off the ground, you've got to go tear down the altars of Baal and Ashtoreth, the grove. Stuff that when you see it for the first time, and you realize how prevalent it is and how big a deal it was to God, that's that original filter work that still gets me up in the morning. So y'all completely forgot to remind me of dogs and and doves. What am I supposed to remind you? Y'all forgot. I told y'all to remind me. You didn't give me a syllabus here. I know I didn't, but we're going to listen. Y'all want to help me Hey, Adrian, don't forget about dogs. (laughs) We're not. We're fixing to talk about the dogs. And, And this is just that original story time stuff that helps you understand where we got where we got. Uh, was it Colossians or Galatians? I think it's Galatians. Uh, but again, without notes in front of me. It was one of them. We was looking at for the gods of, it may have been Colossians. Let's put a star by that, listeners, and don't hold us to that. I can't remember. And uh, who are the gods of, um, who are the gods of the Colossians? I'm pretty sure it was the gods of Colossians. And that's where we started the study because we always start with the epistles there of who were the gods of the people that they were planting the church. There was no churches around. There was no other churches around. It was freshly church plants of the one true God, and they had to go in to pagan places that worshipped. Talking about Jezebel. Are you talking about the Jezebel one? Mm-mm. No. Anyhow, as, as y'all, they're over here feverishly looking. It is Colossians or Galatians. Anyhow, somewhere along the way, I... When I when I, I Googled the name of it, I started searching names of who they did, the pagans, uh, the unbelievers, worshipped. I, I come to a word called, I never can say it, Cer- Cerberus. See, what is it? Scott? Cerberus. Cerberus. Mm-hmm. Cerberus. And I say with I went down minimal whole, conviction. Yeah, I went down a whole rabbit hole on, on that. And I came... I came to the writings that it was a three-headed dog mm-hmm. that guard the gates, guarded the gates of the underground. I know. Don't cut it off. I I know. And so I call Robert. And I'm like, we're talking about this. I think I'm on the phone with Robert. Philippians three two. Philippians. Yeah. Nah. Was it Philippians? Watch out for those dogs, those evildoers, those mutilators of the No, flesh. don't steal my thunder. You're supposed to be looking for what book, not quoting scriptures. You just messed up my whole story. I'm offended. I will not edit this I'm out. I'm offended. Don't leave it in. <laughs> yeah. But wait a minute. And so uh, it is in that. You're right, because I was going to quote it? that, but I'm pretty sure it's Colossians. And I could be wrong. Well, I just told you. I don't remember how we got this. I just there. told you. I'm on, three I'm on the phone. Yeah, but I don't think, I don't think that's the book I was in. And I'm on the phone, and I, me and Robert's talking about something else, and I just casually mentioned, yeah, I run up on this name, and it talks about, I kind of had my eyebrows raised at it. It's just a private conversation. It's not like we was doing it live on the podcast. Mm-hmm. I was like, uh, something about a three-headed dog that guards the gates of the underworld. Well, we, all, we also, we know that Ashtoreth is always represented by the underworld or yeah. the grave. We, yeah. we know that. That's, that's. She's the one that has the story of like that's how the seasons are. Yeah, connected. there's right. there's all kind of old. She goes to the underworld, that. and that's what creates winter. But when I said that, my daughter was walking through, 
And when I said about the three-headed dog that guards the gates of the underworld, she mumbled something, my daughter, Anna. And I, I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. She just kept walking. Whoa, 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 come here. What? She said, like Harry Potter. And apparently, mm-hmm. yeah. there's a three-headed dog that guards the underworld gates in Harry Potter. I think it's the first step. First. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't watch Harry Potter. Never, never appealed to me. Anyhow, then we really got to digging. I said, you know what? Let me talk about some dogs here. Dogs. Why, why, how does this even connect? Because our, viewer, our viewers right now are scratching their head. These guys have lost their mind. So I Googled. No, I didn't Google. I did not Google. I put in my Bible, my King James Version Bible app, the word dogs. The word dogs is mentioned in Scripture 23 times. 20 of those times, it looks to be just talking about canines. Now, before I give you what I'm fixing to give you, Ashtoreth, the goddess of sorcery, witchcraft, we fleshed all that out, episode one, even through addiction. Bad, bad stuff, right, men? Right. Y'all with me on this one? Until I get to Philippians, and I read every verse of Scripture that has the word dogs in it, and when I get to Philippians, Philippians says this in Philippians 3, 2. Thanks for ruining it for me, Scott. I appreciate it, buddy. You're welcome. I'll do it again one day. Beware of dogs. Beware of evil workers. Beware of the concession. Now, you know good and well that that ain't talk. That beware of dogs is not talking about canines. And then I read Revelation 22 and 15. For without are dogs. And sorcerers, and whoremongers, and murderers, and idolaters, and whosoever loveth and maketh a lie. So now we've tied all of that sorcerers, whoremongers, there's the sexual immorality, sorcery, witchcraft, that ties right back to Ash Torith. Who, who was, this is why I love it. This is why I do it. I can just, it's every day I can do it. Who, who, who was the chief in the Bible? Who was the chief prophetess of Ash Torith? This is where you got Jezebel from. Jezebel. Mm -hmm. So when God got ready to deal with Jezebel and gave a prophecy through Elijah, how she was going to be dealt with, the prophecy went like this. The dogs will eat your flesh and drink your blood. The dogs. And if that's not beautiful... If you think that's just a coincidence that it was just some stray dogs walking around and God picked them to clean. And so when Jehu killed her, threw her down, the, the eunuchs threw her down, and he commanded them to, rolled over her body, went and had lunch. When he got finished eating lunch, he said, we should probably go bury her. And when he got back to bury her, the dogs had consumed everything but the palm of her hands and her skull. Dogs. So when Revelation says, for without are dogs and sorcerers and whoremongers, and Philippians says, beware of dogs, beware of evil workers. Mm. Dogs starting to have stuff, a, that stuff kind like, of a negative connotation the, to it. That stuff right there will get me up in the morning. Yeah, that was, that was a funny conversation. Huh? That was a funny conversation. That would get me up. Now, you might think it's coincidence, but that's, hey, have at it. Hey, but that's the thing is that. Have at it. First of all, I don't believe in coincidence. Everything has a reason. 
Second of all, every word in the Bible has meaning, and it's all there, intentional. And then the the flower war that we found. There's no... There's an insect There's no clumsiness of wording in the Bible. That flower war, when somebody pointed out to us mandrakes, another lady in the church. Mm -hmm. Have you ever looked at mandrakes? I didn't even know the mandrakes was in the Bible. I didn't know it was in there after we found all this. Still hadn't seen it. Well, mandrakes. Still. And then that Rachel and Leah story, that's always been a big, great love story. And man, and, and it, it has some good points to it. I, I don't want to take away from the good points to it. But, but man, them mandrakes, they were using them as a witchcraft device mm-hmm. for sexual arousement, arousing and manipulation for all types of sexual stuff. Flowers. Then we found that, you know, Go go look if you're out there. Just Google flower symbols. Remember the flower power of the '70s? Does anybody remember flower power? I'm not quite that old, but I'm just old enough to remember the term flower power. Google flower power. Then go take Ishtar Ashtoreth and what is the flower symbol for her? I already linked her to mandrakes and the sexual witchcraft stuff. That's in your Bible, by the way. It's in Genesis. Indeed it is. You're going to find that she's represented by the rose. I found, I read one day where she's represented by the daisy. And so when we find all this and we dig it out and it's been given to us by people in the church who are digging, that's what's beautiful about it too, is when people in the church are just digging on it. Then I understand why God is likened in Scripture to the rose of Sharon, the lily of the valley. I mean, there's there's a lily of the valley. That's that one was always li- weird to me. Yeah, the lily of the valley, the flower. Mm-hmm. Like, what does that mean? It's so random, right? It, it like, does. It, it seems random. There's a song across the denominations about the lily. Yeah. People just the Daystar song starts lily of the valley, the bright and morning. Yes, why? There's that. Ten thousand. And then there's that because Ashtoreth is known yep. as the morning light yep. and the evening light. And what is Christ known as? The bright and the morning star. And that lily of the valley thing. Why is he likened to a flower? Probably something to the when it says he's the fairest of ten thousand. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Hmm. What we're telling you here is that you should probably read the Bible a lot more literally than you do. Well, but you can't do it literally unless you have the influence. episode one. Episode one, that too. Episode one, and then when you have it, you'll read this. Even the Old Testament prophets, you can read the Old Testament prophets' writings. Yeah, and be blown away. Once you have the knowledge and information, and really be blown away at what you can now understand of what they are fighting. I'd like to pose this, if I could, chase a rabbit for just a second. That's what it is. It's story time, Bo. So if you if you feel like, well, you know, I, I just, you know, I don't want to believe in that kind of stuff, then there that goes both ways. And here's another story for you. King Sennacherib uh, was going to attack Jerusalem. And, uh, you know, Hezekiah, they they wrote some letters back and forth. uh, um, But one of the letters, you know, they bring right to the Lord. And the Lord says, I think through Isaiah, hey, listen, they ain't going to shoot not one arrow. Not one arrow is going to be shot through their bow. And 
and King Sennacherib is just going to leave here. King of Assyria. He's just going to leave here just like he came. Well, that night, the angel of the Lord came and killed 185,000 of those soldiers that were camped outside. Not one arrow was shot. Guess what King Sennacherib did? He didn't look at that and think, oh my goodness, this is the God of the heavens. This is the creator of the universe. King of kings and Lord of lords. Didn't, didn't say none of that. He packed up, went right on back, and guess where he went? He went to the temple of Nisroch, which is Nimrod, say, which, which is, is Baal. Baal, there it is. And there worshiped is. and worshiped. He didn't believe either. He saw it and he didn't believe. So there's there's that end of it that, that just will not believe in in uh, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, the the Lord of the Hosts. Will not will not believe it. Uh, and then his children come in and and killed him. Uh, so, you know, if if it seems hard for you to believe, dig deep, look and and do the research for yourself. Pray about it. Talk to God yeah. about it. Uh, but don't just don't just dismiss it. Uh, King Sennacherib did too when he saw great things. I think, did you say, was your hand signals telling us we was at an hour? Is that what you were saying? An hour and 12, yeah. Hour and 12. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give one more and I'm going to be, I'm going to I didn't get to the dove. And maybe you're out there saying, I wish you got to the dove. I'm not going to do the dove. I will tell you, when I do decide to do the dove in scripture with this, it sent chills up my spine. Mm, I, I was gonna, sitting upstairs and you said that. I was like, whoa. I'm going to use a hook. I'm just going to use that as a hook and leave it right there. It is bone chilling. Give them what to look for. Why was the Holy Ghost? The, why was the Holy Ghost likened as a dove when Jesus was baptized? And we found some information tracing back. I'm not even going to give them the name of the God. I'll just use the gods. Oh, but oh my hey, what God. else about the dove is important yeah. there? Yeah, but just see, but don't too much. Don't do that. Yeah. But, well, well, I want them to, that's I that, want them to look well, for I it. I touched it on with the Holy Ghost a while ago, the Holy Spirit. I touched it in the unholy spirit. Yeah. And I'll just tell them if you, I, no, I don't no, know what you're talking about. No, no, no. But tell them if you need to tell them. No. I want you to tell them if, if it's, a, it's still part of the hook. I want the hook in them. The dove's significant. But I don't really know that I'm going to unveil that on this podcast until I first stand in my pulpit in front of the people and unveil it first. That's fair. We'll leave so, it there. Here's what, this is the latest one, and I'm going to, I'm going to close it out. So if you all have a closing story, and we don't have to be done, but I think we've captured it. I'm going to get it ready because I want, I want you all to. I'm just going to give one more. Well, that was really cool. The only real, the latest I really one. think of is just the, the way that we look at generational curses now and how we how that kind of plays to the story of David and Bathsheba. Sure. That's an, that's interesting to look at as well. Sure. Um, because who did Solomon, who suffered from the generational curse? Yeah. Did he end up what happened building, to him? Well, who did he end up building temples to in high places? Ishtar and Moloch. And Moloch. There's the gods. Yeah. There it is. So it's like... Like the generational curses and what happens after mm. these these great sins, like mm. adultery, what in this case, and of course he lost his first child, right? But uh, how we look at that, those type of things too, is interesting. So like oh, e- no everything has a has a different no look and flavor to it now. I told him, I told y'all a while ago, and I'm, I'll end, I'll end my portion with this. I'm running out of after teaching Sunday school and preaching, and I'm running out of mental bandwidth here pretty quick. It's a hazard of the job on Sundays. 
But I, I told y'all earlier about the the picture that I saw of the two idols, um, one from Mesopotamia, one from Ecuador, side by side, 8,000 miles away, different con- continents. And, man, this is where I wish that sometimes we were filming this as well because we could edit it and put that picture up on the screen for you to see. But if you're connected with me somehow or just want the picture, message me and I'll I'll send it I'll send it to you so you can see it. I mean, y'all seen it. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Right. In that picture, in that picture, uh, it was pointed out to me by a very dear friend of mine who is a theologian. And I'll just leave it there. I sent it to him. Uh, he's from another state. And he came back to me. And in that, in that picture, that image is holding a bag. Looks like a purse. Got a handle. I mean, it looks just like a modern-day purse. Uh, but it is definitely a bag. And he... Asked me about it with a question mark. He's like, look what they're holding. I didn't even really recognize that. First of all, the image had a bird head. There's birds mm-hmm. and four-footed beasts. So I was just captured by the whole thing there again. I mean, just the, the truth of it. The consistency of, of the filter was just right there in front of me. And so I took the Bible. And I was like, I know they, I don't think they use the word purse in the Bible. I wonder if they use the word bag in the Bible. Again, I'm in the King James Version. So I searched my... Bible app, how many times the word uh, bag is used in, in Scripture. And uh, the word bag is used in Scripture 14 times. So, all right. And so, uh, let me read all the verses involving the word bag. And tw- uh, 10, is it 10 or 11? 11 of the verses. Now, that image traced back to Baal, by the way. That was Nish, Nim, Nimrish or something. Nishrock. Nishrock. That's it. Same one you mentioned a while ago. Yes. That's Baal. And Baal is the god of fertility and agriculture, which not sexually, but of gain and increase and in wealth and money. Um, mammon. If you need the New Testament reference, Mammon. Again, episode one. And I got to reading an 11, 11 of the 14 uses of the word bag in scripture involves money. Like what you pull money in, what you take money out of, the writings of Haggai where he talks about uh, coins falling coins out of your purse. falling out. No, bag. 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 The word in the King James Version, yeah. it is bag. That's type and shadow of right. you're not gaining anything. You're, you're living against, you're living in sin. The whole, I mean, the whole, we can understand what that means now. Bag. First one that come to my mind. So I'm like, man, bag. So that's 11. I'm like, man, I wish it was 14 out of 14. You know, what's the other ones? And then I got to reading, and the word bag is used twice in the story of David and Goliath. And the reason the bag, and the where and why the bag, the word bag is used in the story of David and Goliath is because the word bag was used to tell us what David put the five smooth stones in that he picked up and he put them in his shepherd's bag. And he goes and he kills and knocks down Goliath, ends up cutting his head off with a sword. By the way, the Bible is sharper than any two-edged sword. So that's just free stuff there. Uh, He takes it, takes the rocks out of his, or puts the rocks in his bag, his shepherd's bag, and kills Goliath. Well, what is Goliath? Who is Goliath? 
Goliath is a Philistine, Philistine, however you like to say it. Where did the Philistines worship? In the temple of Dagon. And who was Dagon? Baal. And my friends, that's all I have for the day. But we could literally sit here for hours. We could. And for you could sit here for hours and do this. For those of y'all listening, uh, you know, it's worth repeating. I grew up Baptist, uh, read the Bible all my life, but it is so much fun oh my goodness. reading it, reading it now. And it just uh, I, I encourage you to to just make time, you know, you take a little bit of the Facebook time or a little bit of the uh, TV time uh, and invest it in, and you will not be disappointed. Uh, it will show you things that will literally blow your mind. I don't think there's many days go by that our minds are consistently blown with something new yeah. that we find. Several times a week. It's like, like last week, it was that Jupiter thing. Yeah. Like, who knew Zeus was in the Bible? That was incredible to me. That, that, that one was big. You know, that one as was much cool. as I would love to sit here, and I could, and you, you could, we all could, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end my part. But, Brother Robert, is there any last thing that you want to share, any story that you like? You know, I think I will, at this point of the podcast, say that I love you and that my deepest desire is for you to read your Bible and for you to worship at the feet of Jesus. Got Can't say anything better than that. I'll say one last thing. Why does all this matter? Well, when you get to the epistles and the deeds, which are still among us today, and you don't know they're the influences of the gods, the darkness, and you participate in them. You may be unknowingly serving them. Why does it matter? It matters for the biggest question we've ever came up with in this whole journey. The biggest question that the Bible asks. I will ask you again, and I'll sign off. Who do you serve? Knowingly or unknowingly, who do you serve? I love you. God bless. I hope this was as fun. I enjoyed this one. This it was felt like we didn't have to tackle one particular subject, and it just flowed greatly. So I hope you guys out there enjoyed it as much as we did talking about it. And uh, love you much. God bless. You know how to contact us. If you don't, go listen to the other seven episodes and it's on there but we can be contacted easily we desire to if you have questions and if you're local we will meet with you and if you're not local we still make some arrangements to meet with you some way so god read your bible we love you god bless have a great day thank you for listening to this episode of the godfather podcast you can find us at facebook.com forward slash the godfather discuss this episode or you can reach out to us directly via email at admin at thegodfilter.com. We hope you found deeper understanding of the spiritual warfare that we all engage in to help you find deliverance through Jesus. God bless.